This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome to yet another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, Mr. Shane Told. I don't know why I said Mr., but Shane Told. You can call me Shane. Call me whatever you want to, okay? But Shane is good. Just Shane. It's fine. I don't know. Sometimes people want to call me Shane Told. Like, I'm a two-name guy. I don't really know why. There's not that many Shanes. So I think I can just be Shane. If we can agree on that. Anyways, hey, welcome. Thanks again. This is my podcast. It's all about me talking to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman for a professional rock and roll band. And today we have a great episode. I speak to Brian of Have Mercy, who are, they just put out their third record uh, just a few weeks ago, it is terrific. Make sure you check it out after you listen to this. I'll be, of course, playing some stuff at the end. And really, it's a great talk. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, their band having some member changes, uh, how how he feels about that, how he isn't that stoked on the record before this one. So it's a great, great chat. I can't wait for you to hear the whole thing. As always... You can get in touch with me. It's very, very easy. We have all these different ways you can do it. The Probably the, the, the most standard way is to go with the email. You know, email's been around for a while now. I'd say I've probably had an email address for about 20 years. Uh, pretty crazy stuff, isn't it? And uh, yeah, that email address is leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We have a Twitter. It is at leadsingersyn, S-Y-N. That's a great way to just... Boom, hit me real fast. Uh, we have Instagram, which I post some stuff up from the show. And if you're so inclined, you can jump on Facebook too. We're on there as well. I want to give a big shout out to I Prevail, Brian and Eric for doing the podcast the last two weeks. It was a lot of fun speaking with those guys. Super eye-opening, super interesting. If you haven't heard those episodes, go back and check them out. They're great. 
And of course, go see them on the entire Vans Warp Tour. My band Silverstein will be there as well. And that's coming up soon. We're like weeks away from the start of Warp Tour. It's going to be a very, very hot summer, but I'm super excited for the lineup. As a, you know, as a music fan, a lot of my favorite stuff growing up was punk rock, and there's a lot of great punk bands on Warp Tour this year, which is kind of like, you know, what I remember Warp Tour being, you know, in the in the late 90s when I first started going. So, uh, I'm very excited for that. And as I record this, I am in Santiago, Chile. We're having an awesome South American tour down here. We played in Peru last night in Lima. Uh, wild. So apparently uh, the venue had to get moved um, at the very, very last minute because somebody was, well, shot in the other one. So um, we moved the venue, and I guess it was a lot smaller, but they had to honor all the tickets they sold. So it was like packed in there, and it was one of top three hottest shows I've ever played. It was very, very difficult to sing and move around and perform. But if anyone there is listening to this from Peru and was at the show, it was a really, really fun time. I will never, ever forget that. And we got a few more shows uh, here in South America, too. If you're from down here, we're going to be in Brazil for two shows. We're going to be in Argentina. And tomorrow we play in Santiago, Chile. And very excited for that. It's one of my favorite cities in the entire world. Before we jump into it, one more thing I want to tell you about. It is the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. For some people, the super fans out there, one episode a week, it's just not enough. You need more, and more is what you can have. We have bonus episodes by the month. We have extra ones if you're in the higher tier even. Lots of cool stuff. I do a Q&A session every now and then, and we have a great Facebook group with a whole bunch of other Lead Singer Syndrome fans it's a really, really great community. We have contests. We have get-togethers in various cities all over the world. And also, if you're interested in Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise, the only way to get it is through the All Access Club. And it's as little as $6 a month to sign up. And yeah, it's really, really sick. So please check it out. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash access, And go on there and see if it's right for you. All right, let's jump in to this week's episode and my conversation with Brian of Have Mercy. Oh, what's going on, Shane? Hey, man, how's, how's uh, damn, dude? It's uh, very nice to talk to you. How is uh, how is Houston, Texas? That's where you are at the moment, correct? Yes, sir. Houston's beautiful. I mean, it's hot, it's humid, but you know this venue that we're in is fucking sick. So I'm excited. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, Houston, probably my least favorite city in Texas. Yeah, I had a feeling you were gonna say that. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like. Obviously, Austin, South by Southwest, sick. You ever been to? You ever been to Austin for South by Southwest? I've never been for South by. No, like that seems like a shit show. I know. I've <laughs> never actually been either. But I'm just gonna pretend that it's like that. It's like a cool thing I've done. Uh, <laughs> but then, then San Antonio, great shows, great scene there. 
And Dallas really stepped up their game in the last couple of years. Hell yeah. But Houston, I don't know, man. I think it's still like fourth place. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight. We'll see how it is. Dude, there's like, they decked out these green rooms in this place. There's like giant TVs everywhere, private bathrooms. Like So far, so good. Okay. So we'll see. Okay. Do they have a foosball table? They don't have a foosball no, table that's, now. That's a deal breaker for me. That's on Silver Sea Rider. We need a foosball table every dressing room. I believe that. That's what we need. We're uh, we're serious about foosball. Uh, so yeah, so you're on tour with Real Friends. How is that tour going so far? I love Real Friends. They're killing it. How's it been? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I love watching Real Friends every night. They've really dedicated fans. Tiny Moving Parts is fucking great. Nothing Nowhere is a really good up and coming band, and Broadside's killer too. So it's been incredible. Yeah, that's no, it's it's really really good, man. And um, I got to say, you have a new record that just came out about three weeks ago, and I am totally all about it. I think it's an awesome record. I have been listening to it nonstop. Um, how are you feeling about the new record? I know the last record, your your sophomore record, you weren't totally stoked on. Uh, so tell yeah. me about this new record, and um, how's it, how is it going over live so far? Uh, I mean, it's incredible. Like We, we played... The majority of our set is new songs, and kids know every single lyric. I mean, I definitely feel more confident playing these songs than anything off our last record. Uh, you're right. I, like, I wasn't feeling it at that time, and I still don't like that record as much, but it did resonate with some kids. So, you know, it's there. It's in the atmosphere for the rest of eternity. Yeah. How, how, is, how is that? <laughs> like, like there's, um, there's one record Silverstein made that, that I don't like, and it, it was mostly the recording process, I think that I didn't like as much as, like, I don't think the songs are as great either, but it's more that time in my life I look back at and go, oh, that was kind of a shitty time. Is it more that with it, or is you just think the songs aren't there, or do you just think that the the, the recording isn't, quality isn't there, or, or what what is it about your second record that, that you just kind of bums you out? I, I, it was everything. I mean, the process uh, felt very rushed. We didn't have the songs ready, but, you know, the label wanted a record. Uh, it's just everything altogether didn't feel right. And there's some songs that I love on that record, but those aren't the ones that ended up being uh, the big hits off of it. So it's every aspect just didn't feel right, didn't feel natural. Well, it's funny you say that about records. I mean, I think... I mean, I I kind of do like your second record, to be honest. Um, and I but I really like your new one, like way more than anything else you've done. And I kind of listened to it to through it, and I know there's there's a couple singles. Uh, Coexist is a big song, and uh, what's the one near the end of the record? It's a great track. Uh, <laughs> I could say good, any of them. Good not. Christian man, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good That's Christian a great man. track. And you kind of have these songs. I guess they're they're maybe they're singles or whatever but i feel like that record from pretty much from start to finish is great you know what i mean all the songs are great and they could all be singles how do you go about choosing what songs are going to be the one is that a label decision is that something that you, you talk about like do you run do you run the songs off kind of vibe it off other people how do, how do you make yeah. those decisions because that's that's always tough it's weird i mean it's definitely like I don't know if you've done it, but I'll go and show my friends like our new record and see gauge people and see what they like the most. I, I definitely knew when we wrote coexist that that was going to be the single to me, like that sounded fucking huge. And it sounded like old have mercy, just a little reformed good Christian man. I actually never liked that song. Oh, really? I, I, I like it now. 
But Hopeless was like, that's the first single. We got to push it. And I was like, I don't know. Let's, let's make that the second. Like, I, right, I, right. I, lo- I love every track on the record. I think we could have, you know, made a push in any direction and had, had fans excited. So. Oh, that's, that's great, man. Yeah, uh, so, so talking about Hopeless Records, I know you were on Top Shelf. Great indie label. You had a lot of success with them early on. The deal was up, and how did you get hooked up with Hopeless Records to, to begin with? Yeah, we were playing a show in L.A., and we were with uh, band Seaway from Canada. And, I know them uh, very well. <laughs> yeah, great dudes. We were, we were on tour with them, and uh, Hopeless came out to see them. And uh, I remember it was a Friday, and they, they checked us out and said, hey, let's talk Monday. Monday morning, the call came in, and like that was it. We just decided we wanted to be on Hopeless, and it felt like a good fit at the time. Hopeless came to see see Seaway, didn't sign Seaway, and signed you guys instead. Yeah, did Seaway did Seaway try to kick your ass after that or what? Oh hell no! Yeah, I think they knew that they were. (laughs) I think they knew they wanted to go Pure Noise Records, and like I don't know, we were. This was like four years, well, three years ago. So like we were still all on the up and up, and we still are. I think it's it's a process and journey for everyone to just be excited about and help each other out. Absolutely. And at that time, you know, you guys have had a lot of member changes. And I know you're, you know, you're the last original member of the band. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of the members have left fairly recently. Now, going back to that, that moment when you got signed to Hopeless and you have this, you know, big label, there's expectations, you know. It's like, okay, we're not on top shelf anymore. We're on Hopeless, and there's all these, you know, Taking Back Sundays on Hopeless, and uh, All Time Low is on Hopeless, and, you know, there's all these, these Silverstein is on Hopeless, or were. <laughs> you know, you have all these bands that, that have, have done really well. There becomes expectations. Now, how much of those expectations maybe not working out on that second record uh, led to some of the members being like, you know what, I gotta, like, I'm gonna leave, have mercy. Yeah, I think it was just at a point that we thought we were going to be in a like huge position just signing to Hopeless. We we're like, we're going to be the next big thing. Uh, you know, it didn't end up being that way. And we, I think we had really high expectations and tried to live up to them instead of just letting things happen organically and naturally and uh, have, you know, just like ride with what we were already doing. Uh, we kind of like forced things into this new record or the second LP and it didn't work. Uh, I, I don't think it played too much into the guys leaving. I, we were all just unhappy. Uh, so, you know, it was an amicable split and everything ended up fine. Yeah, and, and I guess what's the dynamic with the new guys? You have, um, obviously, I'm sure some of them were big fans of your band. Now they're in your band. Uh, I always like to think about that stuff. You know, it's like, you know, when you have somebody in your band that's that used to listen to your band as a fan, they can bring in kind of a, unique element of like maybe where you should take things either with the music side or or production or the vibe or whatever how's that going with some of the new members well yeah the the my writing partner nate uh he was actually a fan of the band for a long time uh before i even met him so like he i met him in a target one time and like we just started hanging out and then (laughs) i asked him to join the band the other guys that are uh, playing on the road with us right now are just from different bands that I've toured with in the past, and we all got along. So when everything went down, I was like, hey, do you guys want to come on the road? And we, It's just, it's very easy, and, like, I've loved these dudes for years, so this is great. That's cool. No, you know, you say, like, 
you say that it didn't work out like on your second record with Hopeless. Like you had these expectations that you were going to be the next big thing and it didn't work out. I mean, you, you talk about it like it, could, like it couldn't work out now. I mean, you guys have a great record. It just came out. You're on a great tour. Uh, what's yeah. stopping you guys from becoming that big band in the like whatever emo scene or or post? I don't know what the hell music you guys play. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, maybe that's part of the problem is nobody knows how to describe your music. Uh, yeah, that's but, but always what, tough. But what um you know you you talk about it like oh it's kind of over and you guys are sort of just this is where you're gonna be and this is the size band you're gonna be. But are there like do you ever think like oh this song could blow up and coexist could be this big song and you know and and we could be this big band is is that do you feel like that's not a dream you're chasing anymore or do you not care or are you just happy no, where you're at I, oh i'm not happy where i'm at and i'm never gonna be happy where i'm at like i definitely like this is a do-over for me like this is what our second record should have been i'm happy now like i'm in a good spot uh the band that we have is very supportive like we're loving every minute on the road and the fans can really kind of get that notion too before, before I came out on the road, I didn't think that fans were going to react to this new album like they are, and yet they know every single goddamn lyric and are screaming it, and I announce, like, I tell them that we're touring in the fall, and kids just lose it. Like, it's going to be, I definitely see it, it's up and up from here. Rules, man. It rules. And yeah, so you guys are doing a headliner is that in the fall? Is that the plan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you're the probably the first to hear it, but yeah, we do a headliner in the fall. We have a a bunch of shit planned this year to make things really interesting for the fans. A lot of intimate shows and some cool things going down. That's great. Yeah. So I guess you, you can't talk about yet what bands are going to oh, play yeah. out or anything like that. No, but it's going to be, it's a lot of my favorite bands right now. So I'm stoked. That's great, man. Uh, how do you guys do? Um, you guys do much stuff overseas? Uh, Cause we have a lot of listeners actually in Europe and uh, Australia and stuff. So I wonder if you got any plans to go over there. Uh, we do. We are going to end up back overseas at the end of this year. Uh, we, uh, we, I've only been over once and we went over with Mayday Parade and the main, and that was incredible. And like, you, you feel like a rock star when you get to like Europe and UK, like it's incredible. Uh, I remember like when we stepped out of our bus in Milan, like we were just swarmed by people and it was so <laughs> sick. So like, I'm excited to get back over there. I'm dying to go. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great for you guys. First time on the show, I always like to talk to singers about kind of how they got to where they are. I know you've mentioned in the past that you're a, a terrible guitar player, <laughs> good songwriter, uh, pretty good singer, and not a great front man. So I'm kind of <laughs> curious how you all got started just with, you know, how like what your family structure was like growing up. Was music a part of your household? And then how you transitioned from listening to music to all of a sudden being like, yeah, I want to I want to be a musician. I don't know. Like, music wasn't a big thing in my family. Like, I remember, like, my granddad, my two granddads always, like, wanted to play instruments. My dad was, like, a metalhead in the 80s. But, like, it wasn't big into my life. I think it was just, like, when I was hitting my teenage years and I was, like, the awkward bigger kid like i didn't have a lot of friends or anything so like i found comfort in punk rock and like listening to the, the misfits and the ramones and shit like that and, uh, it kind of like made me want to go and start playing in bands and i originally started playing drums but i picked up a guitar when i was about 18 i was like i'm gonna write a record and that's that's what i did 
and then eventually started this band. That's crazy. 18 is like pretty late in life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like most people, they say, oh, I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, you know, and I took guitar lessons. That's kind of like how it started. So obviously, like you're 18, you know, you talk about already being into punk rock and stuff. Like, how did you get into punk rock? Like, were there, sh- you know, you're from Baltimore, Maryland area. Yeah. Uh, were there like local shows that you find out like from going to high school? Did you have friends in high school that went to shows or how did that work? I mean, yeah, I mean, we had, a, we had like a local church that everybody, like all the local bands would go play, uh, play at. And then we also just had good bands at the time coming out of Baltimore. Uh, like we had All Time Low, we had Dangerous Summer, right, right, right. Good, good Charlotte, uh, like all these bands from right around where we lived were coming out. So it was easy for everybody to get excited and want to like be a part of that. I mean, that era was what? what? How, how old are you now? I'm 27. 27, yeah. So you, yeah, so you probably were growing up like in the time when, you know, that real like, I don't know what you call it, you know, bands like the big bands probably when you were in high school were like Taking Back Sunday, Brand New. Yeah. You. That whole scene. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and that, that whole thing, um, I definitely hear elements of that in your music, but I hear a lot of different elements too. It's funny you bring up Dangerous Summer because I, I didn't know they were from Maryland, actually. But they definitely yeah. hear a little bit of their band in your band. Yeah, dude, uh, I love those guys. I was hanging out with uh, AJ, their singer, the other day. Fuck, yeah. Fantastic. Fuck, I love that band, too, man. It's, it's a shame they never... Fuck, like, they should have been the biggest band in the world, man. Like, God, I yep. love them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But um, but yeah, t- talk to me about how you you went from from whatever you just said, Misfits, and I don't know what else you said, but uh, <laughs> from those punk rock bands to being like, all right, eighteen, I'm gonna gonna write a record, and then all of a sudden, you know, it sounds like Weatherbox or something, you know, like a totally different influence that obviously is not punk rock. Well, yeah, it was like when I was like twelve and thirteen was when I started listening to like punk music, and then eventually like. I remember kids coming into school and being like, yeah, I'm emo. Like it was at that time when like <laughs> South Park, South Park was making jokes about it and shit. Oh yeah. And, yeah uh, right. Right. Like then we like, I remember like starting to listen to bands like Coheed and take Back Sunday and all of those like brand new and shit. Like that's what we dove into. And then I like started like in my late teens, started listening to, like folk music. And then I wrote like this like folky acoustic record when I bought my first guitar and then, eventually just wanted to start a rock band and yeah weatherbox is a huge influence i love that band <laughs> yeah i love them too no I heard, I heard you talk about them before and and uh and i was like oh fuck weatherbox yeah like because they're that's another they're, band like they're a, so, such an amazing band not a lot of people really know about them i'm sure people listen to no. go who weatherbox like yes go check out weatherbox uh their first but they're a band band is like i guess they're a band's band but they i mean really are and like Anyone I've talked to has said, like, Brian Warren, their lead singer, is one of the most incredible songwriters like, that you'll ever hear. And it's true. Like, they're I, great. They're fantastic. 100%. All the Bryans, yeah. man. All the Bryans are good songwriters. You have oh, Brian, yeah. Brian McTurnan. Uh, oh, yeah. You. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of Bryans, man. 
Yeah, dude. McTurnin, too, man. He's an incredible songwriter. You did a record with McTurnin, right? Uh, yeah, he co-produced the, uh, this newest record with him. Oh, he co-produced the record. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. So, because um, I know he's a Maryland guy. Uh, yep. And our flop record, um, which was Arrivals and Departures, he was actually, he actually begged us to make the record. He really? Called, he called me, yeah, because we'd, we'd met before, and I mean, huge fans of, of McTurnan, like, the, I mean, for me, the, the stuff he did, like, my favorite stuff he did was uh, Strike Anywhere. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite bands, and I, like, those records sound incredible, and like, our bass player is one of the biggest Hot Water Music fans ever, and I think McTurnan had did had done all of their records, and then one of our yep. bands, local bands from from the Toronto area that were our good friends were Monin, and he did a Monin Fuck record yeah. too. Red Tree, right? Red Tree. So uh, the, he called and was like, "I have to make this record. I have to do this. Like, I need to make your record." And we fucking went with Mark Trombino, and that was a huge mistake. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Yeah, McTurn's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Like, can't sing or play guitar worth a shit. But can write a better song than anyone you'll ever meet. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, a producer we worked with, Cameron Webb, he's the same way. Like, I guess he's a bass player. Like, he's you know, I've seen him like try to play guitar, and it's kind of funny. And I yeah. try to like, I try to hear him like hit a note, like show me what a harmony is, and he can't hit the notes. But then, yeah, like that guy putting together a song or coming up with a sound or an idea, it's amazing how many how producers can be so different. You know, for, yeah. for, and both and be successful. Just in such different ways. Yeah, it was really incredible. I mean, McTurnan took time out of his schedule, didn't get paid to come in and do this record. He like pretty much he's done recording and producing, so he just came in as like a favor and like we're friends, so it ended up working out. That's terrific. Um, you you talk about Weatherbox being a band's band. Yeah. Do you feel like up to this point, Half Mercy has kind of been a band's band? Yeah, I could definitely see it. I mean, like, I don't know if it's like, I don't think we have the music that's a band's band music, but I I think we just have that attitude that like every band gets along with us for the most part. Right. Uh, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if we have that respect that Weatherbox or like a band like Mansions or something like that gets, but yeah, I think you could be. I think I think you do. <laughs> I think you do to be to be honest. And but I think like there is a, a sort of struggle like with that, right? Like I'm sure all the popular bands, like uh, like somebody like Real Friends, who I would say is not a band's band, really. Uh, they right. are sure they're well liked and they're great people. Um, I had Dan on the show, great guy. I uh, love, love him. him. Fucking love him. <laughs> uh, but kids love that band. Kids come out and drove to see that band. And I'm sure a part of them are like, oh, I wish we were like, you know, more cool and respected. But then a band like Weatherbox or Mansions or whatever are probably like, we don't care about fucking if these bands like us. Like, we don't care about being cool. We want people at our fucking shows. We want people buying yeah. our records, you know? So it's kind of like you can't win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the mold. Well, yeah, that's kind of the mold we're trying to break right now. Like, yeah, I think we exactly. write great that's fucking to, songs. That's what I was trying to get you to say. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, I, I think we write great fucking songs, and I think that we—I've talked about this before. I think we get billed with on packages where kids don't really know what to do with us. Like our headliners always fucking kill it because we bring out bands that sound like us. But you know, on tours with real friends stuff like that, 
half of the crowd are like 14 year olds who don't really connect with this. I don't think we fit the mold that they want to listen to. So it's a struggle, but we're in it. You got to do it. You got to do it. So uh, I noticed while well, we were on Warp Tour together uh, in 2015, it was great hanging out with you guys. I know you enjoyed our Canadian, our Canada Day party. Hell yeah, man. That was a blast. I didn't know we had <laughs> you guys and Seaway at the same place, man. I'm surprised there wasn't a fist fight over this hopeless thing. Oh, man. I'm kidding. Dude, I, I keep bringing it up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we just wandered over drunk and saw a Canadian flag, and we're like, all right, let's go there. Perfect. Yes. No, we're very Canadians. You know, we're very welcoming. Um, oh, yeah. I also thought having a Canada Day party in Nashville was kind of funny for some reason. That's uh, pretty good. It's like the most <laughs> it's like the most not Canadian place, you know what I mean? Oh no, that's America's heart, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But I noticed, you know, Warp Tour, uh typically, you know, the Warp Tour bands, they they tend to do it every two years. Um, how was your experience on 2015? Is there a reason that you are not doing it this year? Uh, we, we had an offer for last year and we, we turned it down. I just, I don't want to be a warp tour band. One, I, I am not down with the heat <laughs> and being outside every day, Yeah. but like, also, I don't think we, we want to be in that realm of things. It was a good experience and it's the hardest fucking tour I think you'll ever do. Yeah. So it's, it, it's good to do it. But other than that, like I want to be playing in clubs and want to make things intimate and I don't want to have other bands playing around me. I want people to like hear what we have to say in our music. So. No, I can respect. I can respect that, but I mean, do you think uh, playing in 2015? Do you think you guys got a lot out of it? Uh, did you did you pick up a lot of fans? I'm sure you would have noticed. Or did you were you out there in the heat, being like, "Just get me out of here"? No, I'm not going to say we were like that. Like, we definitely uh, we had a great fucking time. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't think it really furthered our career at all. I don't think. A lot of the fans that came out to watch us said that they came just to see us and then we're leaving. And like, right. that was it. Yeah. So when we got the offer for the next year, we're like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be worth it. And it, it's not even like we lost money or it wasn't a, like a financial thing. It was just, it's just not for us. I don't think it is for every band. No, I, I kind of agree with you too. Um, and like stylistically your music, I think it's, it's tough when you're playing with, you know, bands that are kind of like, you know, aggressive, like heavy, they've got screaming or they've got breakdowns or, you know, like you guys are kind of more of a, I think you guys, your music is more suited to to a club um, yeah. or a different sort of festival than Warped Tour. So, so it does make sense. Um, musically, like what would you got, like if I had to say, to, if you had to say to somebody what you would call your band, what do you say at this point? Like, is you <laughs> just say we're a rock band, like, I mean, I pretty much just say we're a rock band when I talk about my band, so I don't even know. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, though, because your band checks some boxes, not all the boxes, but it's really hard to pigeonhole you guys into a genre. So I'm kind of just wondering where where you're at with that. I, I always, well, it depends on who we're talking to and the age of the person who asks. But like, <laughs> True. I'll, I'll say, like, alternative rock for the most part. Like, I don't think we're an indie band. We're not, too, we're not cool enough to be an indie band. Right. Uh, I think if like there was a like a cooler bar rock scene, that's probably that's probably what Have Mercy would be. But I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. Like I just consider it rock and roll, and I've I've I guess I've been notorious for talking about that lately. That I don't want to be pigeonholed and just want to be a rock band. And I think if people start looking at 
uh, this genre of music and this scene as just rock instead of pigeonholing to emo or pop punk, then we can actually build it into more mainstream. So that's what I'm hoping that we do. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And like, you know, emo is a funny term, which I know you guys get tossed into it. And like people are people are calling like Moose Blood an emo band or, you know, there's like some some bands that kind of aligned in your sort of sort of genre in a way. And it's really funny. Like you say, oh, the first time I heard emo was like My Chemical Romance and like that era or brand new Taking Back Sunday. The first time I heard the term emo, they were talking about like page 99 and Orchid. And like oh. you know, and like like those bands, and like then then everyone would talk about Rites of Spring and you know Fugazi a little bit, you know, and like so when people started calling my band an emo band, I was like, what? We're not really like we're not really an emo band, you know? No. So it's it's really hard with these genres when people want to throw it around and say, oh yeah, like the the one the one that always bothered me was when people said Saves the Day was an emo band. I'm like, no, Saves the Day is a punk band. Fuck yeah, they are. And maybe they're a pop <laughs> punk band, but they're not an emo band. So these genre things, you're right that they do. It does kind of piss me off. Yeah, it's got to piss you off a little bit. But like at the same time, there's nothing really you can do. Like majority rules in that sense. Like, it, yeah. it, like I can't tell you I'm a fucking rock band. And then 100 people are like, you're not a rock band. You're an emo band. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm wrong. I know. <laughs> I don't see, know what I'm talking but the, about. But the problem, the problem is saying you're a rock band is almost like saying nothing. Yeah, I get that. Because there's, there's like, of course you're a rock band. We're all rock bands. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's like, it's yeah. like just, just at the big, you know, the big tree that you have, you know, we have all these different genres and they're all pointing at different things. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like whatever that kind of diagram is called. Uh, at the yeah. top is rock music and everything is rock music. You could say Metallica is a rock band. You know, right. you could say Arcade Fire is a rock band. Does Arcade Fire and Metallica sound alike? Do they have any, you know, are they similar at all? No. They're both, you could both say they're rock bands. So I think that that's the problem. It's a bit of an eye roll when some, when you're like, oh, well, we're just a rock band. It's like, okay, well, yeah, we're just say you're a band then. You might as well. You're not an electronic yeah. band. You're not a dance band. You're not hip hop. So you're a rock band. But I feel like if you get pigeonholed as an emo band, like it's kind of a negative term in some sense, especially to like an older demographic. Like it's... You yeah, know. well, you know, I agree with you, and then I don't agree with you, because yeah. then then there's like uh, the the website. I think it's like is this emo dot com or something. Like yeah, like there's that that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't yeah, know if anybody else knows, listening yeah. to this knows, but there's some website where you can. It's like is is this is this band emo? Is this emo? band emo? Yeah, or whatever. And you put it in, and it goes yes, they're emo, or no, they're not emo. And that to me is not. That's actually like if they're an emo band, it's like cool. It's almost like, is this band cool or not? You know, uh, more yeah. so than if, is this band emo or not? So I almost think that the emo genre at this point is cool. Like, it's actually cool to be emo now, whereas 10 years ago, it was really not cool at all. Uh, because emo at that point was like, had this mainstream connotation with like My Chemical Romance, you know, being the obvious one. Uh, and and a lot of people looking at that and kind of rolling their eyes because so much of it was like theatrical and over the top. It was amazing. <laughs> well, that's, that's your that's like your, but you're a little bit younger than me. Like you're almost ten years younger than me. So for you, that was amazing. For me, I wasn't really into it. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Even as I get older, I'm like, wow, that was incredible. Like you made it into such a huge deal. And like the fact that they got 
called an emo band help their band. I don't know if it's necessarily helping us. So yeah, well they they were like it was like a part of a movement though, you know. Yeah. Kids were like kids were like, well, what are you? Oh, I'm an I'm an emo. Like that didn't exist when I was in high school. Like I knew what emo was. Like the Promise Ring was another band that was an emo band or Mineral. Those bands. Jealous but, sound. Yeah, jealous. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's funny you bring up the jealous sound. When I was listening to your, when I started listening to your record, like the first song, I was like, "This sounds like Knapsack or, <laughs> or Jealous Sound." It really, I think, like the first song of your first record, I was like really getting that vibe. Are that, is that a big uh, influence of you guys? Not really, but we we played our first our first tour was with the Jell Sound, and like we played wow. Nap, Knapsack reunion shows and like wow, really? definitely like, I didn't know that. Yeah, like Blair Sheehan is like one of the craziest songwriters I've ever met. He's incredible. I don't know if it's a huge influence, but like I can listen to those records and always be satisfied. Yeah, no, that's wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. I've um like I've loved Knapsack since I was in high school. I've never seen them play. I've I've missed all the reunion shows and everything. I see. I saw the Jealous Sound only once, but uh, that's crazy. And don't they have some new band now? I heard about. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but I saw it uh, like a few weeks ago that they announced they're doing something else. So I can't wait to hear what, what that yeah, ends yeah, up being. No, I, there's something going on. I should. I really should know. At least the name of the band, but I don't, and whatever. Hey, sorry, yeah, sorry, guys. I'm not that <laughs> in tune with uh with all things emo at this point. Well, we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, let's talk a little bit about your voice. Um, being a singer of a band on tour, how does it hold up? Is it uh for the most part pretty pretty good? Do you have do you have problems with it? Uh, no, I don't normally have too many problems as long as I stay in my range. Like, uh, I I like guest sang on the band broadside that we're on tour with i guess sang on their set the other night and that dude's voice is way higher and i yeah. blew my voice I- instant so uh like as long as i stay in my comfort zone i'm fine and i like i don't smoke cigarettes or do anything crazy so i'm i keep it healthy that's good no no i, I just always wonder because uh do you, do you do a lot of warming up no i never do and every time i do it i feel like i sing worse <laughs> that's funny. Like, Dallas I, Green. Dallas Green told me that once. Actually, he said he, he just said he never warms up, and uh, and the one time he did warm up, he lost his voice, so he doesn't warm up. I mean, this is like 15 years ago. He told me this, but um, that is it is funny. And I'm I'm a bit of a very minimalistic warmer upper. I just kind of yeah. warm up to make sure I can kind of sing. That's kind of yeah, what I, that's I feel what I do. I mean, I'll like yell before we go on stage or something like that, but I don't sit and do the oohs and the ahs. And, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not about that. <laughs> well, cool. And do you guys use uh, like in your monitors or anything like that? No, I want to. Like, I, I want to start using them. Uh, it's expensive. It's a big setup for everybody to get. So, yo, you're right. You're right. That's uh, totally. I mean, you're talking about you have to get the split snake and you got to get the extra mixer and then the in your like the Sennheiser or sure like receivers and everything all that shit yeah it's like god it's gotta be to, to get a whole band outfitted with that it's gotta be like 10 grand yeah it's, it's about that especially if you're getting everybody custom molded and now right, like we yeah. have we used to be a four piece and now we're a five piece and it's like fuck this is just gonna get really expensive but I, I think we're gonna end up making that change it's it's kind of better for everyone Has there ever, was there ever a point when you thought about taking the guitar off and, and trying to run around and be a front man or is that was that never on the table uh no i don't i can't work a mic stand at <laughs> all and i can't work a crowd like that's one gift that i do not have i i like respect anyone who can sit up there and like be that entertaining without a guitar but i can't do it 
So the, the guitar helps you work a crowd? How, like, how do you mean? Uh, I don't know. It's just, I think it's more comfortable for me to have it on me and play. And plus, like, I, I really enjoy playing guitar and singing. Like, that's how I started writing these songs. So that's how I want to perform them. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. man. I don't know how you do it. They're incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> well, you know, it's, well, for me, I mean, I was a guitar player. I started out as a guitar player. I had no interest in singing whatsoever. Um, and the only reason I started singing was I was the only guy of my friends, you know, I'm talking about like when I'm like 12 or 13 years old, I was the only guy that could carry a tune. And then I don't know how I, I don't know how I found myself in a band not playing guitar, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because now I've gone back and I just did, like I was mentioning to you earlier, uh, with, with, uh, that I was in Los Angeles doing some solo stuff and, um, and it's like funny now, like I play guitar and sing and I'm like man this is so much harder than just singing because I gotta like I have a whole nother thing to think about and I gotta like look down and sometimes and make sure my hands on the right fret you know like not like just playing just singing and not playing guitar is like way easier like you know um yeah that's what everyone says but I think but but it is funny like I remember the first show I ever played with Silverstein was the first time I'd ever played a show without a guitar and I like was like, what do I do with my hands? Like, I can run around. This is so weird. And it's like, in some ways, it is harder because you have like a different element that is not musical. Right. You know what I mean? It- and and no, there's no lessons. Like, you can take guitar lessons. You can take singing lessons. I don't think you could take frontman lessons. Hell no. Like, and there's some. Sometimes that I'll watch a band and like the frontman is just way too corny. And like when I like first started like thinking about doing Have Mercy, I like factored that in. And I was like. I don't want to be that dude who's like working with his hands too much with the crowd. And like, I don't know, there's a balance that you have to hit or else you either look ridiculous or amazing. Like it's, it's weird. Yeah. You never take off the guitar and like stage dive or anything. No, I, well, the other day I did, I I dropped the guitar and went into the crowd with the mic, which definitely still felt awkward, but was that was that a calculated thing, like you, or or did you just were fucking feeling it and just were like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm going." Oh yeah, dude, no, the the fucking crowd, and we were in Denver and they were killing it, and I was like, I got to do something more. <laughs> I jumped off stage, slipped my hand wide open, I was like, oh, no. I I think I was like bleeding into the crowd, <laughs> but I don't know, and I was just like singing and throwing the mic, and it was it was a blast, but I, I it still felt weird, felt weird. Yeah, it's, that's, but I mean, I don't know, man. That's like, maybe that's a thing. Like, maybe that's something that, if that, if you felt that in that moment, I mean, who's to say that the crowd isn't feeling that every show? You know what I mean? Like, obviously yeah. there's a bit of a vibe between a crowd and a band, you know, like, like the, the most cliche thing ever is, is like when a band's like, oh yeah, yeah, like, like how's the show? And it's like, oh yeah, well, we were just like feeding off their energy. You know, man, <laughs> the crowd, you know, we were feeding off the crowd's energy and then they were feeding off our energy, you know, but it's, it's like, it's cliche, but it's like pretty true. And yeah, some, of the, some of the greatest moments, um, I've had, you know, as, as a musician on stage or whatever have been just like random. Like, uh, one time I was actually pretty drunk, but, uh, <laughs> really feeling the crowd in, in Detroit and I like stacked up a bunch of rock boxes and and whatever and i just did this like crazy jump off of these things into the crowd like totally unscripted you know but it was like a moment (laughs) i'll never forget you know and i'm sure that the other night in denver you doing that you know and it's like a part of it you don't want to force it and you don't want to become fake but 
you want to put on a great show for the people that came. Yeah, I think there's a like we played floor shows for so long too that I was yeah. just always used to people being in my shit and like they would rock out with me. I think I'm still getting comfortable playing on bigger stages in front of a thousand people, two thousand people, like and learning to work that. So it's definitely something that I'll have to grow with. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, dude, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, damn, uh, I'm trying to think what else I can ask you about. <laughs> um, so the new record is is out now. What's it called for the people? To check it out. Make the best of it. Make, Make the, the best of it. Make the best of it. Uh, is there a significance to that title? Um, obviously, I, I know it's you know I know that's a theme that kind of goes to, goes throughout the record. If I'm if I'm not if I'm right. Um, yeah. Is is there a theme that goes through the record that that kind of works with that title? Uh, talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's actually a track that wasn't on the on the record that has that line in it. And uh, oh, so it got like, cut the song with that. Uh, yeah, I love when that happens. I think that's so funny. It, it's a B side. It'll probably come out later. But uh, like, as as that record process was going on, and what a month and a half turned into almost eight months, I like I got kicked out of my house that I was living at with my girlfriend. Uh, like my granddad died, but we thought the record was never going to come out. Uh, I didn't like really have a band anymore. Like so much was happening. And, like, towards the end of it, as, like, these songs were finalized and we were getting uh, the artwork together and everything, like, I just pulled that line from the song and thought that was perfect. Like, you know, especially, like, what after not being happy with our last record, like, I just wanted people to listen to this and accept it for what it is and make the best of it and find, like, there's something for every everyone on this record. And I definitely think it's all relatable. Well, that's great. I mean, it sounds like a very personal record and a personal line. Also sort of, you know... Obviously, you went through some very negative things, but you're able to pull some positivity and hope out of it. And um, is that something that's important for you to convey to your fans that, hey, like, yes, I'm singing about some negative situations and bad things. But at the end of the day, I want to have an element of hope in my music. Yeah, definitely. And I think kids get that when they come to the show, too. Like, I'm not uh, on stage, like, like crying or acting like a sad boy. Like, I'm up there like you get to hear these songs that came from a terrible moment in my life, but I can be up there fucking smiling and like enjoying myself because like, this is, you know, it's the coolest life that anyone can live. So like, I don't know at the end of the day, like everything gets better and life moves on. Like I hope that people get that. Totally, man. No, I, I've, I totally can relate to that too. And I think it's a great record. Everybody should check it out. And, uh, yeah, man, I think I think uh, sky's the limit for you guys, and it's uh, it's great to see you got the new lineup. I'm sure everybody's excited. You're on a great tour. Uh, so so what's coming up later on in the year? No warp tour, obviously. Uh, you got some plans to go overseas, and and uh, and what else is gonna gonna happen? Uh, well, we're gonna end up doing. I don't know when this is coming out, but fuck it, we're doing. Uh, uh, it's gonna come out run. real soon, like in a week and a oh, half. Sick. sick. Yeah, we're doing an acoustic run. Kind of something intimate for fans. That I'm oh, just cool. doing with a buddy of mine. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do that. And then, yeah, we have the fall tour. We go to Europe. And then I'm sure we're going to start booking for next year and, like, stay on the road, keep pushing this record. Like, I know we all firmly believe in this record, and I'd like to do a few more. And it's it's going well. So we'll see. So how's the acoustic thing work? So it's it's uh, you and another guy, like like two guitars, 
uh, yeah. vocals and, and just an intimate, intimate show? Yeah, we're just going to do uh, two guitars, uh, vocals, and I, I think I'm going to translate some songs to keys and uh, play on that a little bit. And we're just, I'm grabbing another friend of mine who plays, uh, he's an acoustic artist, and we're just going to hit the road, hop in the car. That's great. All right. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And like, I, I've had a lot of fans come out, and like, I play acoustic a lot of the time after the shows for people, and they always seem to really enjoy it. So I thought, why not, why not actually just go on the road and do it? Have you ever had any thoughts of starting like another project? Because I know, obviously, like, Have Mercy is you, uh, so maybe it's redundant. But I wonder, you know, like this is almost like a different kind of thing. Do you have other songs that are more acoustic based uh, that that you can add to to Have Mercy's sort of repertoire, or or uh, or or is there like a, a plan of maybe having another project? Yeah, another there's person? definitely there's definitely a plan of doing another project soon. Like we had when we went in to do Make the Best of It, we scrapped 10, 10 or eleven songs because they they didn't really translate well to full band, and they were really really good acoustic songs but didn't work well for have mercy so i think that if someone wants to put out that record then that's going to happen soon like an acoustic like an acoustic record either either have mercy or or brian swindle or whatever yeah definitely not have mercy something else uh like and it's it's a little bonavir-esque uh so we'll see you know see how it translates but i'm i'm hoping to hit the studio this summer a little bit and start recording those that sounds amazing. Well, that's that's great news for fans of fans of yours. So, uh, yeah, man. damn, more music. The record just came out. There's more songs that are like written in the same sessions, so they're probably awesome. Yeah, man. There's so much. I don't want to stop. Like I feel like <laughs> sounds corny, but like a fire up my ass. Like I'm ready to fucking go, man. Do you write? Uh, do you write on the road? <laughs> uh, I don't. Like I'm way too distracted on the road. Oh at yeah, all me times. too. Me too. That's why I ask. But you just have seem like you have so many so much material. So I would wonder if, if it just happens when you're at home. Yeah, it's mainly like when I'm just sitting in my house or sitting in the studio that I can pump things out, but never on the road. There's just, there's too many people. To the environment's not comfortable. Yeah, I feel that, man. I yeah. feel that. Well, hey, dude, uh, thanks again for uh, for taking the time to chat with me before your show in fantastic Houston, Texas. <laughs> yeah, man. Is it, is it, is it getting better? What part of the city, uh, city is this venue in? Is it downtown? Uh, no, nah, it's like on the outskirts. Like I'm looking at skyscrapers right now, uh, but uh, they're they're miles and miles away. So it's a little bit on the outskirts. But this is sweet. They have an outdoor venue, and then the inside is huge. Uh, and like I said, nice green room. So it should be should be a good time. All right, man. Well, hey, I hope you have a great show tonight with real friends. And uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'll see you around. Uh, won't be warp tour, but I'll see you somewhere. Yeah, man, I did want to say, great new track, by the way. Oh, yeah, Retrograde, that's right. That's, uh, that's <laughs> out now. Thanks for checking it out, man. Um, that's right. Yeah, Hell it's yeah. funny, actually, uh, before I let you go, uh, I think we were talking about uh, your song, uh, what is this? What is the song, um, Good Christian Man? Yeah, yeah, That yeah. you were saying that Hopeless really wanted you guys to put out as a single. Uh, and it's I didn't funny, like it. And you didn't like it. It's funny. That's kind of, to be completely honest, that's how we felt about this song, Retrograde. Really? We, we, Dude, we sent, it's a banger. Th- thank you. I mean, I like the song. I, I wrote, it was one of the ones that I, I had written, but uh, we had like our list of the songs we wanted to like put out as singles, you know, in our heads, but we didn't want to tell yeah. the label. So we're like, okay, we'll send the, we'll send Rise Records the, the record and then they'll come back and they're like, this is the song. And we're like, really? That one? 
<laughs> we, were, we were so surprised. So it's funny, you know, but but people seem to be digging the track, and uh, and I'm glad that yeah. uh, that you're digging it too, man. Thanks for checking it out. Dude, yeah, the video was sick. The ink block, block shit was all cool in the water. That was, that was rad. That's good time. <laughs> there you go, yeah. It's yeah. very flashy. If you have epilepsy, yeah, don't check out the video. But uh, <laughs> but thanks, man. Uh, yeah, yeah have, man. A great, have a great rest of the tour, and um, loving the record. And uh, really excited for this acoustic stuff, too, whenever that comes out. So, Cool, man. Hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yeah, Brian. All the best, man. All right. See you, brother. Yeah, cheers. So there it is with Brian. That's right. There is a new Silverstein record coming. For some reason, I always forget to talk about it in the intro, but it is available for pre-order right now. Head over to SilversteinMusic.com. You can find all the links, uh, regardless of where you live in the world. And we have a new song out, too. It's called Retrograde. You know what? This is my show. I'm going to play my own song. But first, of course, here's a new single, one of the new songs from the new Have Mercy record, which you have to check out. Here it is, Coexist on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. Smoking cigarettes In the back of your house I watch the liquor spill And drip from your mouth You said you're holding open To old memories Keep you from moving on To all of your dreams But it wasn't the best And it wasn't the worst And when I feel you
feel the sun on my bare back and melt the dirt off my skin. I let the breeze of the wind.